Good morning. So, I want to welcome you this morning. My name is Donna Sandoval. I'm the director of worship here. And I realized this week that come January, I'll be here 10 years in that position. Yeah, super excited. I love all the things that I have seen in those nine plus years happening. The children coming down and, and we get to see and hear the love of the Lord in their hearts. And you know, there's nothing like the faith of a child. Sometimes when they walk by me, I just get excited because they're full of energy. But it's just so great to see how God has blessed this fellowship. I love the new banners, Be a Blessed Friend. And um, I want to thank Pastor Steve for inviting me to, to share this message this morning. And I want us all to read the acronym out loud. So we have it up here as well. Begin with prayer. All right, together. Begin with prayer. Listen with care. Eat together. Serve in love. Share your story. All right, let's pray. God, give us ears to hear your words today. Let your presence permeate our hearts and our lives. That we may be motivated and inspired to walk as Christ followers in our families, in our work, and communities. In Christ's name we ask in faith. Amen. All right, so this morning on the way here, I'm driving. And I um, can see this thing on the tip of my nose and so you're driving along and I'm looking in the mirror and what I see is like this ginormous flake on my nose and it reminds me of how my week started and I'm thinking oh no I'm on I don't I have this thing on my nose and I remember walking into the office the day it happened and um, Brenda was in the office and she said, as we were talking to each other, she just started staring at my nose and said, it's going like this. And, and finally she says, I think you got some ink on your nose. And I began to laugh. I wish. And um, I told her the story. So I'm using the curling iron, right? And it just slowly slips out of my hand and rolls on the top of my nose. I look like a reptile growing a horn, you know? It was just, and every day I went there to go wash it off, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it was getting darker and darker and darker, and finally, today, it started to peel off. Just in time. For me to deliver a message. I even told the light guy, make sure you keep the lighting low. <laughs> so that's kind of like our lives sometimes. You know, I walked in here with one contact in my eye, and now you see I'm wearing glasses. So you're going to have to be patient with me because I had to take my contact out. I couldn't see. And um, that's our life sometimes, right? So I want to begin telling you a story about a guy named Andy. Andy grew up in the church. He actually was super funny, and he loved to sing, and he loved telling stories. His dad was the worship director. And one day, 
we find Andy under a bridge. He's a young adult, super depressed, lonely, living on a spot in the sand, invisible, under a bridge. Why? Because not too long ago, his mother died of cancer. He was very close to his mom. And then, actually in the same year, his father died in a very strange car accident. So he said, if this is what God's about, I don't want to have nothing to do with him. So he walked away. And he got lost. He would actually take showers at the beach or go to a hotel and swim in the pool. He would find food randomly or sneak into vacant homes on the beach. When it got cold, he'd sleep in the garage nestled up to the heater of the, of the refrigerators. He was not a happy man and often found himself just crying under the bridge, trying to just scavenge for his existence. He thought he was alone this day, so he began to just cry to his heart's content, shaking his fist at life, gut-wrenching sobs, and all of a sudden, he heard a guy say, hey, you. And he looked up, and he's trying to wipe his face, and he's got sand all in his face and hands and hair now, and he's, who are you? And the man says, my name is Jones. Not Mr. Jones, just Jones. And I've been watching you. And they began to talk and strike up a friendship. You see, Jones was a noticer of people, a noticer of situation, and a noticer of perspective. So as their relationship grew, Jones encouraged Andy. They were together on the beach, kind of cleaning things up and, 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 you know, helping people at the pier clean their fish. They served together. They ate together. And he even brought books from the library for Andy to read. He said, you want to change your life? Read these books. Get them done by the end of the week. Three books in a week. Today, Andy Andrews is a multi-million dollar man. He's a speaker and an author, and he just knows that God sent Jones to notice him and become a blessed friend, to invest in him. He attributes his motivation to change his life by what Jones did and made himself available. I want to talk about the first couple of verses of Genesis chapter 12. So, in chapter 12, God tells Abram, he's not Abraham yet, he's only Abram, and he says, I'm going to bless you. Okay, that sounds good to me, Abram thinks. 
and I'm going to make you a blessing to the nations. All right, that sounds good too. But I'm going to uproot you. I'm going to move you out of the, your comfort zone, your familiarity, and I'm going to send you somewhere else. Uh, what? You know, we've all had that happen in our lives. We lose a job. We lose a family member. Things change. Oh, I like where I bank and where I'm buying groceries, and I like where I'm going to church, and you want me to change all these things? Yeah. Abram had to trust God for his very next step. So any of you watch YouTube uh, called TED Talks? How many of you watch TED Talks? Yeah. There's some really good TED Talks. And they're the gamut of subject matter, right? I mean, you can, you, pollution and, you know, pimples and, you know, just all kinds of crazy conversations. But I watched one the other day about a new device. And then I thought, this is really fun. It's called the Hypersonic Sound Machine. This guy was an inventor, and he invented this machine. It looked like a glorified iPad. And, and, and he was saying that if he pointed it out to you, you would be the only one in this room that could hear the sounds on this iPad or this device, whether it's a song, whether it's a speech, whether it was just the noise of a can of soda opening up. If you moved to one side or to the other, you wouldn't be able to hear it. So I'm thinking, that's crazy. What would you use that for? And then he, you know, says intelligence and all this other stuff. And the one that got me was at supermarkets. So when you're standing at the checkout line, they would have this little machine. And if you stood right on the spot, like X marks the spot while you're paying for your groceries, you would be able to hear, guess what? Commercials. Just what we wanted to hear. But see, it wouldn't bother the cashier. Right? So all you'd have to do is step outside of that X, and you wouldn't hear the commercials anymore. And I thought, you know what, God? We're like X marks the spot. I am an X. I am where God wants to abide with me. See, God follows me and you wherever we go. He wants to talk to us. He wants to listen to us. I find that love just so amazing. I started a new prayer practice recently. It's called contemplative prayer. It kind of just goes like this. It's real simple. I take five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. If I'm really lucky, I get 20 or 30 minutes. And I just sit. And I give God consent to abide in my heart and in my life. So I employ quietness, stillness, and solitude. Let's try this. You close your eyes. You put your hands on your legs. 
and you just stop. We're going to do this for about 30 seconds. And you just say, God, I give you permission to abide in me. I'm the ex. Abide in me. Let's do that. Amen. Sometimes that's all he wants is you just to stop. He just wants to connect with you. You know, I, I heard a great quote. It's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and be prepared. So I want to tell you a story from Second Samuel, one of my favorites. Chapter 9. David's now king. The little shepherd is now king. King Saul is dead, and his son Jonathan is dead. And King David is roaming the halls, and he's saying, is there anyone left of Saul's family? He calls for the servant to research it for him, and he says, yes, there is a guy. I know a guy, a relative of King Saul's. And he's, King David says to him, okay, well, go and get him and bring him back to the palace. Do you know what his name was? Does anybody remember? It's a very long, funny name. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Say that ten times fast, right? All right, so anyway, Mephibosheth is Jonathan's son. Jonathan is King Saul's son. Do you remember Jonathan and David when, when they were kids? were best friends. The story goes that when the news came to the palace that King Saul and Jonathan had died in battle, the nurse grabs Mephibosheth, the royal prince, and begins to try to take him to safety. And in her hurry, she falls on him, and he becomes lame from the waist down. He has broken legs. His life just changed. So all these years, he's in exile. King David says, bring him to my palace. I want to see him. Mephibosheth's thinking, King David has the right to kill any family member from the old dynasty, from the old royal family. He's thinking, this guy is going to kill me. Can you imagine... Mephibosheth walking into the royal palace, a place he grew up in. And King David looks him square in the eye and says, for the sake of your father and my love for him, you are one of my sons. Come eat at my table. Mephibosheth and his family ate in the palace the rest of their days. Why is eating at a table a rhythm of blessing? Why? Because when you're sitting across the table from someone and drinking a cup of coffee or sharing a meal, you become involved 
in a relationship. So relationships are created. Relationships are mended. Broken relationships have often, at the table, been restored. That's why eating together is so important. It's something that we should do and employ. I believe that stories are very important. I'm going to share a couple of my own. So one day, I was sharing coffee with this young mother of three. And we were just talking about life, and I heard, I felt like the Holy Spirit saying, share this event from your childhood. I'd never told anybody this event. She listened intently. And I could see, as I shared my story, her countenance changed. She got mad. She got angry. Her face was just scowled. And then I saw pain. Real pain. And then she proceeded to tell me that event happened to her as a child as well. And she had never told anybody, not even her husband. And as we began to fellowship with each other, we started a relationship that was built upon this pain and this event. But you know what? That's not where we stood. That's not who I am. That's not the platform that I stand on. I stand on a platform of love from God Almighty. He has changed me from the inside out. My story is no longer that story. Her story is no longer that story. But our story is powerful because God is a powerful God, and he looks at me with the eyes of a father. Our stories are powerful. And to be authentic and to be touchable and tangible means you're going to share your story. You're going to let people in and know who you really are and know that there is a God above. Let's stop playing. religion and be real. So right here stands a, 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 the scripture that I just am very, very fond of. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. I'm going to read it to you. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Does anyone recognize this poster? It used to be hung on a wall in an office upstairs. 
It was Edna Fleming's. Do you remember Edna? A lot of you do. She worked in the office upstairs. And I inherited upon her death, March of last year. Now, Edna would, is, is totally okay with me sharing this story. She has given me permission to share our friendship. This scripture hung on her wall because it was her favorite scripture. And it was her daily prayer. But she, always, she didn't always believe it. When I met Edna, I would walk into the office, and my goal for that next five minutes was to make this woman laugh. Her laughter would permeate the office upstairs. You just couldn't be around that laughter and not just want to laugh yourself. But inside, there were times that she wasn't authentic. She was mad at God for the circumstances and the losses in her life. Mad at God. And I remember one day her telling me, I don't talk to him anymore. He left me, and I'm, I'm, I'm not in love with him anymore. And we began a friendship in my life at that time. I was not happy with God as well. And we fellowshiped together. We served together. We ate together. And then we began this journey of letting God touch us. We became the X spots abiding with the Lord, encouraging each other. When she died, she knew a God of love. Her countenance had changed. She could be authentic, and she would say, I was mad at God, but I am not any longer. And I want people to know it was his love that changed me and, and friendship and fellowship. There are people in your life who need to hear your story. There are people in your life that you need to be a noticer of. A noticer. Do you notice people? When you walk into a room, what is the fragrance that you bring into that relationship? Is it the fragrance of God? When you walk away, what lingers there? What lingers there? Dave, I want you to show the first slide. Daily align your God spot. When, when you get out of bed in the morning, I heard Denzel Washington the other day. He was doing a graduation speech, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, is this going to be, you know, really funny, blah, blah, blah. And the, he said three things. The two I don't remember, but the first thing he said, put your slippers underneath the bed. 
when you go to bed at night? Well, what do you mean? Because you have to get on your knees to retrieve your slippers, and that's going to remind you, pray, take that next step. Remember, you're the God spot. He's following you, walking with you, and that's where we want to be. The next slide. I said, be a noticer. Some of us, we're just going through life, and we're not paying attention to things, and God's saying, look at this. Look at that. I want you to see this. And we just have these blinders on. And I feel like sometimes God is just saying to us, like our little kids would do, there's a guy who teaches, Mommy, please listen to me now. Please, please will you listen to me? Be a noticer. Be a noticer of people. Because that's who God wants you to go talk to. That's who God wants you to participate life with. Be noticer of situations. Steve talked about the, the, ele- the family of 11 people, eight kids, mom and dad, here for the pantry. Their life needs love and perspectives. It's really important for us to notice what's going on and be a part of life. Next slide, please. A given. Pray for opportunities. Pray for the people to come into your lives. Pray to be available. Pray to be available. Next slide. All right. To be a good listener. How many of you know that it takes a full body involvement to be a good listener? You're doing it now. You're listening well. I see nods. I see, I see eyes connecting. I see leaning in and listening because listening is a full body involvement. If I look at you and we're talking and I engage with you with my eyes, I can love you with my eyes. With my heart, I will engage. I'm right here. Be a good listener. Next slide. Trust God with every step. Abraham was taken out of his comfort zone. He had trust God for every step. At that checkout line, you're stepping on the X. If you want to hear commercials, stay there. Trust God for your next step. If you're driving to work and you find a flake on your nose, go to the bathroom. Trust God for the next step. Take care of what needs to be taken care of. I love the scripture that was read this morning. It was Paul's prayer to the Ephesians. It's our prayer as well. Because, you know, when he wrote Ephesians, 
a whole gamut of stuff happened to that man. In Lystra, he was stoned and left for dead. Multiple shipwrecks. He even got bit by a snake and survived. He was put in prison many times. And in Acts 16, it talks about Paul and Silas being in the prison jail. And they were boo-hooing, right? No, Scripture says they were praising God and singing hymns, and the captives were listening. Do you know that people are listening to your life, to your story? See, you're actually a story being read by people by just walking on this planet. You have a God story as you go about your day. Paul wrote Ephesians, and he's talking about being rooted in love because his platform is love. God changed him. He even had a thorn in his flesh. No one really knows what that was. They think it was a medical condition. And he asked God, take this away. And God says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. He had something that God said, you're going to live with this. I'm not taking it away. Is that where we need to be? We need to be on that X spot with God. Let him give you a story that's bigger and better than anything you can imagine or dream by just abiding with him and he abiding with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, strengthen us today with your power. We desire Christ to dwell in our hearts. We, we accept the gift of salvation and guidance. May we rest in your love. May we allow your holy grace to flow through us like a funnel that we may be a blessing to others that you put into our lives. We know your truth changes lives. By your spirit, fill us to overflowing, God. Give us your power and anointing. Teach us to pray. Inspire us to serve and to share our stories. To you, O oh God, be the glory in your church throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.